How's it going? All right, brother Evan. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Enjoying your uh, Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, just trying to suck it all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been... Um, we was talking on Thursday about... Uh, you know, projects and stuff, and I just been really on this since I've been in the house so much. I've been just looking for stuff to do, and you know, online, and you know, um, we don't have that much closet space in this house. So when we first moved in, I was like, like my stuff is not even in our master bedroom. My stuff is in the guest room, but I built yeah. out the closet. Like the closet is real nice in there, and so. um but in all the other closets, like my wife's closet and all that stuff, we still got the wire, you know, that white wire stuff. And I'm like, I think we got somebody to come in here and give us a quote for it. And they was like some crazy number. And I was like, I could do this. <laughs> you know what I'm I was like, I could do this. And I mean, so, I mean, it's not like, um, like I don't have, like, I don't, like, I'm not a contractor, but I do have some skills. Like, this, you know, this is our our second house and my third. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I know my way around tools and all that stuff. So, um, so, yeah, I probably don't mess with the electric, but, you know, building out a closet, that's, that's not nothing. So, I've just been, like, looking at designs and all that stuff. And give me something to do, you know, give, give my mind off off stuff, you know, just kind of do my Jesus thing, be a carpenter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know my brother's like that. He got he, he got some serious skills, right? <laughs> I remember, I think I went. Yeah, yeah, I went to go visit him, mm-hmm. and he was supposed to be off. He was like, "Yeah, man, I'm gonna be off." Woke up that morning. <laughs> the big hole in the wall in the like the laundry. And I was like, what are you doing? He was like, Yeah, man, I'm trying to straighten up some stuff, man. Got this leak. <laughs> I was trying to figure out where it's coming from. <laughs> My wife saw it and she was like, What are you doing? Why is there a big hole? Why'd you make a big hole? When I said it was a big hole, it was like literally like the lit the height of him. Oh, and so my dad is like literally like a little over six feet tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like adjacent to this is he said my mass my, my my bathroom and he was like I believe that the tub when you take a shower, he was like the shower area. He was like, I think the shower area may have a leak for when highly constructed the house now it's playing out right now. And I was like, Well, I said, it was not coming through the wall. He said, watch. <laughs> he said, <laughs> watch. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Long story short, coming to find out, it was a leak, but it wasn't coming through nowhere near the wall. It was how they constructed the pipe. Oh, so he's like, I got to untile all of that and then get everything done. I was like, yes, yeah, so what you going to do with this big hole in the wall? <laughs> <laughs> He was like, man, watch, I got skills, I got skills. He said, you'll see. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. 
So he, I don't even think he finished it that weekend because we had left. We had left. Okay. I went back to uh, Miami. But he sent me a picture like a week and a half later when he was off again. He was like, yeah, man, I did this. And he said, I ended up doing the carpet. <laughs> he said, I'm getting a whole new carpet on the other side of the house doing it. I said, man, so when, when would you plan on actually being off? <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. I say do it. <laughs> right, right. Well, and that's the thing. If you if you if you don't have the skills, I wouldn't suggest you do it. I mean, unless you want to try to like learn or something. But yeah. um, you know, I feel like I said, I'm I'm comfortable around this stuff, been around it for a long time, so it's not a big deal to me, man. So so yeah, I just been looking at different different designs. I woke my son up this afternoon. I was like, Yeah, I'm but what would you how would you like your closet? No. <laughs> He's like looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, man, that's how I am. You know, I get I get something and I just start going with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely not wrong with it. Why spend the money with someone else when you can do it right. yourself? You know? Right. And, the, and the, the, guy, the guy that we know that um, that do the quotes, he's a... Um, Latino brother, and he's he done work for me, um, you know, a couple of times. And um, I told him, I was like, man, I think I'm going to do some of the stuff myself, but, I, but I'm going to call you in to do, like, the finishing, like, the, like to put the wall up and mud it and all that stuff. I don't like doing all that stuff. And yeah. he's like, yeah, man. It's like, no problem. I mean, I, I'll do it for you because I know you, you want to save that money. I was like, Absolutely. Because <laughs> I mean, I built, I put the budget together for like what it would cost. I'm like, well, his price was like three times that. Whew. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, hold on. And his price wasn't that expensive, but it's just, you know, he got to pay. He's a general contractor, so he's going to get other people to do the work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so he got to pay them. Got to pay them. Right, right. And, and, you know, plus materials and all that stuff. So with me, I'm just paying for materials. And and you know sweat equity. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I got I got I got some sweat equity. You know what I'm saying? I got some sweat. <laughs> you know? so, so yeah, I'm just uh, yeah, I've been I've been doing that most of the weekend, man, and just trying to uh, you know, just enjoy it. You know, just enjoy this time and not get to frustrated but was watching um CBS Sunday morning and they was talking about how um a lot of the roots of racism can be found in Great Britain and that kind of had me and Tisha talking this morning like how that's not really mentioned that much but you as a the as a result the um there's a lot of protests going on in London and you know in Europe because of you know that's kind of where slavery started, you know. So yeah, sure. we, don't, we don't talk about it much here, but that—that's um—that's that's what they're talking about over there. So I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, it is interesting because you really don't hear much about what occurred over there. Mm -hmm. We even know a lot of it. Remain the main part. I mean, it really was birth over there. It really wasn't birth over here. Exactly. It was just trans miles well transported over here. And um, like how um, they were saying, how some of the biggest companies 
in London and Great Britain were are deeply rooted in slavery. Like Lloyds of London actually insured their slave ships and um, yeah. this other um, this other sugar company that's huge in Great Britain is basically like I don't know, like Procter and Gamble over here. You know, what I mean, like huge is the history is I mean they basically wrote the slavery code you know what I mean and, yeah. and so, that was so interesting it is that right largest companies exploring human capital yes yes it's just like and they're still around right right and you talk about yeah. hundreds and hundreds of years right and so now these companies are trying to I mean, they can't deny their history. So what they're doing is, you know, sending a little money to supporters or, you know, talking about diversity and stuff. And the guy on the interview was basically saying, like, come on now. That's like, that's, that's insulting. That's like, you know, you punch me in the face. It's like, he, he, he go $2. You know? <laughs> you know? It's like, you know, so, so, and, and I bring that up because, as we talk, we'll, we'll talk about in chapter 23, Jesus really is calling out the hypocritical nature of and behavior of the, the scribes and the Pharisees. So I, I brought yeah. it up to, to get us to where we're talking about today. <laughs> that, that actually, when you brought it up, that is what came to mind. Yeah. It, is, it, is what, it is what Jesus thought, because that's really where it all went wrong at. It is with the leadership, right. especially the spiritual leadership in Britain at that time. Not only just Britain, but Spain and Portugal. That that the spiritual leadership was pretty much in alignment with that of the Pharisees. That's right. You know, talk a certain way, but do something totally different. Make up your own. Make up your own Bible, which is sad that they actually they actually did do that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, so yeah, we can open up some prayer and chop it up. <laughs> All right. Um... Welcome to the Walking with Jesus podcast, a podcast that allows followers of Christ to experience Jesus in a new way with Evan and Malcolm, two regular guys walking with Jesus. Each week, we, while we converse and reason about the things of the Bible and in our lives, we believe that Jesus will draw near and walk with us just like he did in Luke 24, verse 15. Now, here's your hosts, Evan and Malcolm, with an opening prayer. Heavenly Father, you are wonderful and magnificent, Father. Thank you for another day. Thank you for being who you are, Lord. Thank you for your continued blessing and guidance. Thank, Thank you, you for your word. Not coming back void. Thank you for your word being a law in my life. Thank you, dear Lord, for speaking over me. Thank you for going to the cross for me, Lord. Thank you for having all authority, dear Lord, and giving us dominion as a result, dear Father. 
we pray right now, dear Lord, that as we read your word and study it, you give us new revelation of who you are. Prepare us, dear Lord, for what we'll see this week through your word and continue to shape us into the men that you want us to be. Dear Lord, we also pray for our listeners. We pray, dear Father, that this word be a seed to a, a, a good heart. And dear Father, if, even if it's not a good heart, dear Father, we bind every evil tactic of uh, the devil to try to steal this word from the listener, dear Father. Mm-hmm. We rebuke him in the name of Jesus. And we stand on your word right now, dear Father. We also lift up Brother Evan this day, dear Father, as he continues to seek you out. We pray, dear Father, that he continues to be the man you want him to be and continue to know that you will, you are a rewarder of those that seek, seek you diligently, dear Father. And we know that Brother Evan is. We pray, dear Lord, that you continue to cover him and his family. We ask that you have your way in his life, dear Father. Help him to submit and help his faith to be strong and immovable immovable dear lord we ask all these things in the name of jesus amen 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 thank you god be the glory so with um starting out with oh man i'm already looking at some looking at mark um (laughs) With uh, Matthew 23, we go back to 22. He ended, Jesus ended the chapter with um, a question to the Pharisees and scribes that was out there. Sadducees was out there too um, about uh, who do they think David is? Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Who 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 can who can David call his descendant? I'm sorry. How can David call his descendant Lord? Because they went back to uh, Old Testament where David calls his descendant or someone in his bloodline Lord, and basically Jesus shut them up from all because mm-hmm. the entire chapter is them asking questions questioning his credibility and his authority and all of that stuff. So he shuts him up, right? But then we get into beginning of 23 where he takes over the mic. <laughs> Y'all don't have no more questions? I'm going to give this out to you. And he proceeds to just, gear, just, just lay into them like it's nobody's business because of what they've been doing. And as I mentioned before, he starts out, um, I'll go to 23.3. What does it say here? 23.3. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their works. For they say and do not do. That that rocked me because he's not telling them to be disobedient to these religious leaders. He's just telling them don't do what they do. Mm-hmm. Which is as a parent, that's tough, right? Because we we, we tell our parents um, 
I mean, I remember I remember seeing stuff when I was little and older people saying it's like, do as I say, not as I do. And that's yeah. what Jesus was telling them. <laughs> you know, that's what Jesus was telling them. But from a child, it's like, that's difficult. Mm-hmm. Because especially if you say one thing and do another. Yeah. This so, just shows uh, how twisted they were, the Pharisees. Yeah. This, yeah, yeah. Like you can you know all this scripture, you know all this backdrop, but yet mm-hmm. you won't live it out. Man. And for Jesus to say that about them, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to them. But make sure you don't practice what they're doing. Don't live a lifestyle that they're living. Because right. that lifestyle is basically the, the gateway to hell. You're not gonna have a life that's gonna take you to the kingdom by by copying what they're doing. And I when reading this chapter, mm-hmm. what come what came to mind was I just couldn't help but just look at our our society now. Yes. Like that this just stayed on my mind like for everything that he was saying, I was like, man, you really do see this. Like you with a lot of the leaders that we have Especially when he was calling them out in, in reference to just being having like having a religious um, outside appearance, right? But his right. inside was just so jacked up. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's so interesting because I mean he 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 explains what he means by that afterwards right but i'm i'm just sort of i guess putting myself in this in the 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 footsteps or shoes of the disciples and the multitude and the people that are there right because he's defying them right he's defying them and and you know basically cursing them condemning them i mean but he's telling you to listen to him Mm-hmm. Like listen to what they're saying, but don't do what they're doing. And then he just proceeds to. I mean, he because it, it it from what I read, and maybe you have a different take, but he warns them not to follow in the arrogance and pride. Yeah. That these religious yeah. leaders are having. Um, That's what I got too. Okay, and 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 basically. To carry out uh, the godly assignment in humility, or suffer the consequences, which is the consequences that these religious leaders are going to face, which is condemnation. And, and you know, it's a whole section, and we'll get into a whole section, and you know, on on what they're they're going to um, result of their, their arrogant behavior. But going back to what you said earlier, it is very hard to like what you were saying in reference to the parent saying do what I tell you but don't do exactly what you're seeing me do right right real hard to go but in essence what what Jesus what I like what I also got from this what Jesus was telling them obey your authority yeah obey your authority yeah you know because Jesus is big on the hierarchy Mm-hmm. So he's like, obey the authority, but don't be so submissive to the authority 
that you allow that authority to take you from living a righteous lifestyle. Yeah. By doing what they're doing. So if they're telling you, they're telling you to live this, to do X, Y, Z, do it. But if they saying copy what I'm doing at that time, stop, mm-hmm. don't do it. Right. Which can be very difficult. But I mean, this Christian walk can, is not, it's not a cakewalk. It's not something that can right. be real. You can't do, you can't walk like a Christian in your sleep with your eyes closed. You ha- yeah. it, it can only be done intentionally. Yes. Yes. Well, and that's that brings up another good point because I believe, um, as you said, it is difficult to discern if if someone is telling someone of authority is telling you what to do, but you then see them not doing that. That takes some discernment. That takes some discipline as well. Yeah. Right. But and, and I mean, I I remember you know, being a kid and someone tell you that and you're like, well, hold up. You doing it? <laughs> you know, and and it's just tough, right? But it, if, if you're not mature enough, if you're, if you're lacking, um, like you said, if you're not intentional, um, if you're lacking discipline, it, it, you can easily be like, well, I know what you said, but since I saw you do it, it must be okay. Yeah. So I'm going to do it too. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, bringing it to our, our real-time um, state of affairs, we have the same situation. We have leaders who say things, but they don't live it. Yeah. And as a result, we have situations where people in the constituency who believe that, well, if our leaders aren't doing it, I don't need to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have all this, you know, chaos, chaos. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's nonsense going on right now. Chaos and all that division. I, uh, what I love about when I was reading, when I was reading this is that Jesus is He's not only just calling them out, but he's stating exactly what they're doing mm-hmm. and breaking down why it's wrong. That's right. Whereas most of the time when you hear a person, they're just quick to call somebody out like, yo, what you doing? Like j- just to call it out to cause drama, basically. Mm-hmm. And Jesus wasn't doing that. He's calling them out and saying, yo, this is wrong. This is why it's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, Especially when he says, like, for verse four, they tie up heavy loads that are hard to carry, put them on people's shoulders. But they themselves aren't willing to lift a finger to move them. They do everything to be seen by others. It's like the leaders are doing, are are basically instructing people to go astray. Yeah. But it's all being done for show because they care about what other people think about them, which reminds me of our, um, what, what we was reading earlier in the week with Isaiah. It was like the people love, love the Lord with their mouths, but with their hearts, they was far away from the Lord. And that's bad when the leadership is like, especially religious, religious leaders. Right. When they're like that, that's when it's definitely a problem. 
Yeah, the, the I mean, you, you hit on it because Jesus really starts to lay into them about um, the hypocrisy, right? The the, the hypo, hypocritical nature and um, what really jumped out to me, like you said, was let me go to it because I saw here. Um, greeting in the mark, blah, 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 blah. Um, but you do not call it. No crying on the edge of it. But here is Grisma. Okay, so from basically from five on down to to thirteen, basically. Yeah. From five to thirteen, he, he's laying out all these things that they do. But what I took away from that was he's calling out these religious leaders who are called to make disciples. He's calling out their inability to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So when you get down to 16. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so my bad. When you get down to 16, that's where it really started to hit me. Um, 17. Fools and blind, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gift that is on it, he is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? And and, and so with that, the the first part was he's calling out the fact that they're, they're, they're not doing what they're supposed to. And then mm-hmm. he points to what they're actually doing. They're, they're so, like we talked about early in the week, how so many are focused on the creations instead of the creator. Yeah. And that's what I took away with this when he said fools and blind. They're looking at what other people, how other people may feel about them. I love how he says you enlarge the borders of your garments. Like that's a detail thing, you know? Yeah. Where you're you're, you're so want to be seen by other men, you're focusing on all of the creation instead of and and being a religious leader, that's where your heart should be on the creator. Mm-hmm. But you but they're not. Mm-mm. The pride. Yes. That pride that they had blinded them. Just how, and I thought about all of this stuff, it seemed obvious with what they were doing that is wrong. Yeah. But in their eyes, it wasn't, it didn't seem obvious. And I, it brought me to mind with the fall of Satan. Mm. All that pride he had, he couldn't, he, he, he's right there in the presence of the Lord and he couldn't see the Lord for who, for who he was. And it's because the, the pride that he had just blinded him. He just couldn't see anything. I thought about like when reading um, with verse 11, it says, the greatest among you will be your servant. Mm-hmm. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Yeah. Pharisees weren't trying to, wasn't trying to humble themselves, and they definitely weren't trying to serve anyone. Mm-hmm. Too much pride that they had in their heart to want to try and serve anyone. And I just look around like in our nation now, it's the norm, especially in corporate settings, 
when it, it, it's the norm for the higher up to have everyone serving your agenda and not to be a part of serving somebody else to carry out the agenda. Jesus gave me a good example of what he was doing because he carried out, he, he was so kingdom-minded that he also served those around him so that they could be kingdom-minded mm-hmm. to approach the same goal. But when a, I felt like when a person is full of so much pride, it's impossible for their mind to even think like that. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. The Walking with Jesus podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. You know what this reminded me of? It Mm -hmm. reminded me of... um, what was we was that Isaiah when we read that the uh God get put a spirit of blindness on the people? Yes, that was Isaiah. That was Isaiah. I think I forgot what chapter because he it went from talking about uh the Egyptians, right? I think yeah, that yeah, chapter. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so, you know, the hardness of um Pharaoh's heart and all that sort of stuff, and and right, we talked about this where. That spirit of blindness, what we read in Isaiah, I want to say it's, uh, it was the early chapters. Is it like 20? Oh, no, no, no. Because 14? 22? It was after 14. I want to say it's 22. But so what, um, while I try to find this, it was um, that spirit. I don't read anywhere in the in the Bible where that spirit was ever lifted. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And, and, and we talk about that from the, the perspective of that's the starting of the religious leaders and the Pharisees and the Sadducees out of this. Cause I thought it, I thought it was like twenty two. Proclamation against Jerusalem. That's when they started talking about Egypt. Oh, no. Yeah, all right. So 19, yeah, pronouncement against Egypt. Then 20, still goes on. No help from Kush or Egypt. In Isaiah 20. Okay, so it has to be after that. Woe to Ephraim. Oh, it might be 27. Restoration of Israel. Oh, I know where. But it was like pretty much all of the countries from Egypt, from Egypt to the Assyrians to Babylon. What I noticed what they had in common was all of that pride. The leaders yes. had pride, but that's I kind of felt like that's the default for the ruler of this world, meaning referring to Satan. Yeah, a child yes. Satan is going to be full of pride. They can't help themselves. They, they, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. 14 was with that. So, you, so you're right. It had to be an after that. And I, and I just can't remember. But it's the, it's the foundation 
of what Jesus is talking about now. Mm-hmm. The, just the pride that these religious leaders function with, right? And, and although they may be saying the truth from the word, they're not living it. Not living and that's, it. That's the challenge we face today, right? Um, to, to, as you said, to walk this walk as a disciple, it's not something you do, like you said, with your eyes closed. It has to be fully intentional. It has to be, um, you got to be all in. Otherwise, you're on unbalanced scale, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if, you're, if you're saying it and not doing it, or if you're doing it, even the other way around, if you're living it, but not saying it, we talked about that, right? If we're not speaking to our situation, we're not living by faith. Yeah. We, we could be doing all the right things, being ministry, you know, um, you know, seeing the sick and shut in, but, but we're not saying it. We're not speaking to our situation. We're not praying over people. We're not um, communing with, with the Father. That's dead. I don't think it's like it. dead faith. Yeah, that's it's it. just dead faith. Just dead faith, and that's what, uh, in, a sense, in essence, that's where the Pharisees are at—just dead faith. Exactly. Especially when you get to the point when Jesus Himself is condemning what you're doing, and you still not going to change. But then, yeah. once again, it goes back to the eyes being shut. Um, like He had already pronounced the judgment on them that the eyes were going to be pretty much shut, and they're not going to be able to repent. Which that is just a nightmare in in and of itself. Like. 29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.29.
Exactly. No room. Like I'm a Pharisee, or if I'm the disciple, if I'm a disciple, or if I'm just one of the people that just popped out of my house that day and just seen a big crowd, and I'm hearing this, that's gonna make me look at my own life and be like, "Whoa, he's saying this to them, and they're supposed to be the heavyweight hitters here." And Jesus is saying this to them uh, and saying this about them. Well, let me look at myself in the mirror. Exactly. I mean, because, but I, but I can't help but think about where our society is, especially the church in general. It's like we do all of this to try and get one person converted to Christ. Mm. And once they're converted, there's no discipleship. Well, there is not biblical discipleship done. But there's there's this there's some form of discipleship taking place, right. and that is turning them to be just like what we are, false converts, mm. making them more fit for eternal damnation, which is just it's sad. It's sad. Because we got, like, when I'm looking at it, I was like, so he's saying this, Jesus is saying this to them. And in return, some of the things haven't fully happened yet. Like when later on in the chapter, when he talks about Jerusalem, um, lamenting and stuff like that. So it's like, until it actually happens, that's a grace period. Right. It's a grace period still for repentance. Just like what I thought about with uh, with Hezekiah, for example, when it was pronounced that he was going to die, and then yeah. he prayed, and once he prayed, uh, God turned the situation around and actually prolonged his life. Or like with Moses, when the children of Israel were acting so buck wild, <laughs> Moses prayed for them, and God heard his prayer, and 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 the Lord turned from what he was what he was allowing. Was was going to allow it to occur? He didn't allow it to occur. So it's like as long as it, as long as there's a grace period between what God has said and it actually coming about, it's an opportunity to repent. Yes. But I feel like with a prideful heart, a person can't see it. Just like with Pharaoh, all that stuff going on. And he still couldn't, he, the, he just didn't, his heart was hardened. So therefore, God, act of his judgment, his sovereignty, hardened Pharaoh's heart some more. And I'm just like, I hope that our country doesn't get to that point where God hardens our heart towards him. Mm-hmm. It blinds us since we've been rejecting him in his ways. That's so good, man. It's so good. I mean, and, and like you said, like the, the pride is such a blinder and Jesus makes it known, right? He makes it clear that, you know, you are blind and you are a hypocrite and you are a fool. I mean, he calls them out for being, you know, superficial, mm-hmm. which is being concerned about what men think, being concerned about how they look to people as opposed to the weightier matter and he goes into that uh, in verse 
you travel. Yeah, okay. So you 15, 16, 17, um, all the way down. I get to 20, right before 24. Yeah, 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe to mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These ought to have done these you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Yeah. And, and I mean, let's just talk about justice and mercy and faith right now. If you don't have that in your walk, what do you really have? Fool yourself. <laughs> That's what a person's doing. Mercy and faith. We can call it I mean, justice, there's no other word for justice. But you can call mercy, you can call that love. Another word for mercy is love in the Bible. And mm-hmm. faith, faith is faith can have a couple of different meanings or a couple of different ways to say it. I, used to, I, I think it's early on we used to talk how faith is just a, a higher form of, of wisdom. We can call faith truth, right? Yeah. But like trust, trust, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Without, without that, what do you have? What do you really have? It's it, it's a empty, it's a shell. Because we know the Father only deals with the heart issue. Jesus is dealing with the outside with them and calling them for what you know he sees. He's like, you're just shells. Yeah. Because the, the father only really is concerned about what's inside. And Jesus said, y'all don't have anything inside. That's why I like you. you. Mm-hmm. Justice, mercy, and faith, you have nothing. And we should have brought, like, when you said that, when you brought that point up, what Jesus is saying right now, what popped up in my mind is uh, Micah. Uh, Micah... Micah 6, verse 8. And he has told each of you what is good. And what is it the Lord requires of you? To act justly, to love faithfully, and to walk humbly with your Lord thy God. That's it. For for them in their day, that should have, when Jesus was saying it, I think that verse would have popped up in their mind. Yeah. And it's like, He's not saying nothing new. He's not pastor, saying nothing new. <laughs> pastor, pastor read, um, did a study on Proverbs 3, yeah. 1 through 10, but Prover- one of my favorites, Proverbs 3, 3, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around mm-hmm. your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. And then he talks about trust. So, I mean, mercy and truth, those could be, like I said, be considered, you know, love and, 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 and faith. Yeah. But just justice. I mean, let, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to break it down, Evan, because he said all three of them. Mm-hmm. That means you got nothing. You don't even have justice. <laughs> and it's sad, right? Because when you look around, it is. It, yeah, it, it is. Because when you look around, where's the justice? Yeah. 
we ain't even got to talk about. We ain't even got to get to the race part. Right. <laughs> we, right. We ain't got. We don't even have to get there. Where, where's the justice that in general in our society? It's gone. It's gone. It's to the point when you see wrong occurring, people look the other way. Enjoying the show? We'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply share the show with a friend, that will give them a new way to experience Jesus and help us out too. Now back to the show. Where's the mercy at when somebody's getting thrown out of their home? It ain't because they were being irresponsible. They just really just being thrown, thrown out of the home, like what was happening during the Great Recession. Yes. The greediness yes. that 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 became prominent in the the capitalist society that we had. Yeah. No, no, no society is perfect. But the system that we have for our economy being capitalist, because back in the day with um House of Israel. They kind of like had the same, like uh, pretty much do your thing. <laughs> they, yeah, you know, have like, product, well, you well, 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 Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But when you have greediness in there, there's no, there's no room for mercy when there's greediness. Hmm. There's no, there's no room for it. It's all about exploiting the next person to your own personal benefit, and it's just sad and disheartening because I'm like, man, we are. This is the light. God's word is the light. And when I look at it, when I look at our society through the lens of God's word, I'm just, I'm hurt. I'm hurt because I'm like, man, yes, he's talking to the Pharisees, which are the leaders. And the leaders set the thermostat for how everything up underneath is going to be going. They set, they set the thermostat, they set the temperature for the rest of the nation. And when I look around, I'm like, man, we, our leaders and the people that we qualify as leaders, just like how it was in ancient Israel's time, when they said, I forgot what chapter, what book, um, Chronicles or Kings, and it was saying that you're going to, they're going to have, they're going to ask just any old body. No, actually, I think it was the beginning of Isaiah, now I think about it. They're going to ask just any old body to rule over us. Yeah, yeah. And when I look around, I'm like, that's where we're at. That, that's where we're at. And how does God feel about where we're at? And like I was talk, talking to my wife um, over the weekend, and I was like, you know, if Jesus walked in the temple and him be who he is, he couldn't just walk past what was going on. He addressed it and flipped the tables over. Why are we as a nation thinking Jesus just going to look at us and keep walking by? Right. What we're doing, he has to address. It's like he couldn't he couldn't be quiet with what he saw the Pharisees was doing. Can't. He he can't. It's not in his nature to do so. He's righteous. A righteous person can't look the other way. They have to address it. And mercy is a part of him. He has to he he wants to show mercy, but it's hard to show mercy to a person that feel like they don't need it. Yeah. 
or to a nation that acts like they don't need it. And I couldn't help but think when I was reading this, I was like, you know, for us being a part of God's family, being Christians, it's hard for us to go astray because this is a warning to us too, telling us what to be on the lookout for. With certainly, I mean, because even early in the chapter in Matthew, he comes out and tells us about wolves and sheep's clothing. Yeah, and I feel like here just breaks it down a little bit more deeper, and so if we are listening to false doctrine, it's not because the Lord hasn't told us it was false doctrine; it's because we decided to listen to false doctrine. Because I'm looking at it, well, I'm looking at it here in Scripture. I'm like, he's basically he's saying whoa. There's so many woes that he says here, yeah. but the people that's around are his disciples and the other ones that are that are pretty much been following him. And so right then and there, that's a warning unto us that we shouldn't, just like he said in the beginning of this chapter, he's literally telling, giving us a warning, this is the wolves in sheep clothing, this is what they do. So one, you're not going to be confused with the tactics of the enemy. At least you shouldn't be if, you, if you're listening to me. That's how Jesus is putting it. And if you decide, if you get confused or if you start adhering to false doctrine, it isn't because the Lord didn't warn. Because he sets out that warning. He, he mean, he's blunt. Yes. I mean, the, the concept of a warning is not missed here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the the also I just love how Jesus talks in such a descriptive manner, right? He talks about um, the cup, right? yeah, the cup yeah. that is is cleansed on the outside. The, the for you cleanse this is twenty five. For you cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish, but the inside they are full of extortion and self indulgence. Oh, he's cutting them deep. First, clean the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean. Also, man, deep. And so deep. you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's, he's cutting them deep, man. I, I and I just love it because he doesn't, he doesn't, because we've seen in other parables and other things that Jesus talks about where you got to think about it a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. You got to okay, what is he exactly trying to say here? But with this. It is very clear. It is very clear. He's not talking in parables. He's talking, he's laying down something here that you cannot miss. You got to be, something got to be wrong with you for you to miss it. Right? And, mm-hmm. and this other part that he talks about here, um, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but uh, go back to 24. Blind guys who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel like that if, if you're a Pharisee or, or, or uh, um, scribe you're like man <laughs> like he's talking about me he's, and he's cutting you right to the pro- like he's getting right to the, the point of the issue yeah you, you minimally cut out things um 
that that you know are in contrast to the knowledge of God, right? You you just barely in your in the way that you live, you're not cutting those things out. But you're influenced, you're influenced by, and you've been keeping so much of it. Like when it says swallow a camel, think about a camel to a human, right? Huge. <laughs> like, and and he, he's saying you're you're taking all of that in. And I just really, I mean, I look at myself, right? And I I ask the question, am I swallowing a candle and forcing out a gnat? Mm-hmm. I, am I am I being influenced by the culture? Am I being influenced? Am I absorbing so consuming so much of society and only letting out a little bit of it? Or am I um not, you know, what is it? Is that Ephesians? Do not be conformed by the world well, to be transformed. By, by the renewing of your mind. Yes, that that's what yeah. to me that's what this is, right? Because we're all we all live in this world. We all are exposed to the culture and exposed to society, but it's what we decide to push back on, right? But yeah. what Jesus is saying, you're you're getting influenced by this culture, but you're only pushing back out a gnat. <laughs> Right, a, a small, very, very minuscule amount of it, and that's 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 even more disturbing than what we talked about before in terms of their lack of justice. But I guess they go hand in hand. If you don't have yeah. justice, if you don't have mercy, if you don't have the truth in you, how can you push back out any more than what you're being influenced by? You don't mm-hmm. have the ability to because you don't have you don't have it in you. Yeah, there's nothing in there. There's nothing in it but the filth of the world. When I read that verse, or verse um, with, with 25, when I read that, I I thought to myself, this is why a lot of people don't like going to church. Mm. You're seeing the leaders putting on, cleaning the outside of the cup, tailored suits. <laughs> you know, getting in front of a group of people caring about what they're saying, talking of religious talk or the religious quote-unquote swag, whatever whatever term it may be. And to the people that's not in the church, that's trying to find God, they're looking at this person like, why am I seeing them going in and out of the liquor store? Because you're preaching. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the, yeah. that, that, the hypocrisy that Jesus is talking about here. I'm like, that's why a lot of people are not trying to go come in to God's family through the with the church because how they're looking at it, like this is just a a group of hypocrites everywhere. I remember hearing when I was back home, I remember hearing all the time people used to say, "Why should I go to church when I'm keeping it real out here in the streets?" I know I know who I am out here in the streets. Them people in the church don't know who they are. Jesus. And when I read this, that's what popped up in my mind. Because it's this that 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 cup. God, when Jesus is saying he's straight up blunt with him. 
Like this, mm-hmm. he's not sugarcoating. Just like what you said, he he's not speaking in parables here. Straight to the point. It's like a parent laying it down to a disobedient teenager or a grown child that moved back trying to act buck wild. <laughs> he's like literally laying it down. Like, look, this is this is what's up. Yeah. Love reading Jesus' work. Yeah. So, okay, so we get down to 24. Um, so we, he's continued, like you said, there's so many woes in here. And that that's not a, it, it's never a good sign when he's like basically saying, I feel sorry for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's never a good sign. Um, so he talks about the cup. He gets in in 27, he talks about um, them being like whitewashed tombs for indeed appear beautifully beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men, dead, dead men's bones and all uncleanliness. Uncleanness, I'm sorry. Um, 29, woe to you scribes and Pharisees hypocrites because you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous and say this is, okay, so this is the point I want to bring up. This is 30. If we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. And so he, with this I believe Jesus is not only speaking to the hypocrisy that he's seeing today that these Pharisees and scribes are carrying out. But he's taking it back to Isaiah's time. Mm -hmm. He's making the link here between what he's seeing now and what he's seeing in the days before him. Right? And this is where he really shows that he's the son of God. Yeah. Before all of these, I think he's he's just kind of really laying out right. I'm I, I'm, I, you know, I am a problem for you all. But and and this is a pattern with Jesus. He starts out with being a problem, a nuisance almost. But they still consider him being a prophet, right? Mm-hmm. But he gets to a point, and most of the times when he's talking to him, where he just unashamedly says i am the son of god yeah to me this is here this is what he does right here if we had lived in the days of our fathers we we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets then he says in verse 31 therefore you are witnesses against yourselves you are (laughs) sons of those who murdered the prophets fill up than the measure of your father, father's guilt. Serpents, brood of vipers. How can you escape the condemnation of hell? Oh, that 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 cuts. That cuts. That's the then, bone right there. And then that question: How can you escape being condemned to hell? They would have took the time to just thought, think about it. What's going to save you? I'm the answer. The answer is right in front of them, which is Jesus Christ. He's literally looking at them saying, basically, what's going to save you from going to hell? And 
they so stuck on themselves being self-righteous that they can't see that the answer, the only way to be saved is not out of their own personal merit. It's not out of uh, trying to change and twist what the laws of God is. It's repenting. It's admitting I'm jacked up, twisted, messed up, all of that. And I'm in front of the king and I'm, I, I can't change this. You change me. Yes. But they can't see it that way. It, they can't see it that way. It's, it's crazy because, I mean, if they didn't feel like he was in their face, he, he is clearly in their face right now. He condemns mm -hmm. them. He puts the condemnation of all the, the deaths and cruelty and treatment of all the prophets before him squarely on their shoulders. Yeah. And, and I think he's he's going retroactive right back to Isaiah time back to Jeremiah he's going back to Jonah like all of these prophets before him but i also feel like he's condemning them for the way they're treating him now yeah cuz they that, that's at this time frame if i'm not mistaken they were already trying to plot to kill him exactly so how can exactly. how can they sit back and say they're better than the ones before when here it is you have the messiah right in front of you and you're plotting to kill him plotting to kill him and he he knows that, and 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 so he, he's putting that condemnation on his shoulder. And to your point, it's 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 because they have the they have the opportunity to repent right there because the Son of God is right there. Mm -mm. And and he's like, you are so. I mean, he called him blind for what? Six, seven verses. He yeah. called them blind. He called them fools. And and this is the real reason why you have an opportunity right here, and you don't even see it. Don't see it. Not even trying to see it. Intentionally trying to go opposite of what the Lord is pointing for you to go. And and the thing about it is, they probably don't even. They're they're probably so blind with their own arrogance and their own schemes, like they don't even understand what he's saying. Mm -hmm. They're not even going to take the opportunity to repent right now because they feel so much like if it's not, um, I don't know if they necessarily feel like it's a personal thing, but they, I feel like, like you said, they're so, so anxious to find, find fault in him and find, um, a way to, to snag him and kill him that they don't even understand. They're not even looking at themselves right now. Yeah. I like what you, I like, I like how you put that. They are literally trying to find fault in him. And I think that's dangerous when yeah. people are trying to find fault in God. Yeah. There is no fault in God. We're living in a fallen world. Yes. But just because we're living in a fallen world doesn't mean God has flaws in him. Yes. And I see a lot of people always trying to find a flaw in God by looking at this world, by looking at the circumstances, by looking at certain things. And the more you take the time, I feel like the more to take a person takes the time out to look at God and see him for who he is, there is no flaw in him. Yes. We are the ones with the flaws in us. And that's mm -hmm. why the world is so jacked up. <laughs> mm -hmm. Man. So I wrote a note about this. He said, I, I wrote that they had the ability to actually repent and do what was right in God's eyes, but they embraced their blindness. 
when it when it could have been cured through humility and repentance. He could have so cured good. them right there. All they had to do was come to him and say, heal me. Just like the man who had a son. We just read about it. Um, heal my faith. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Say, Jesus said to him, do you do you believe? He said, yes, I believe. But fix my unbelief. Mm-hmm. Just be willing like that with God. Just be willing yes. like that. And he and that's that's really that's really what God is really wanting, right? I feel like even from reading this, that's really what Jesus wanted with the Pharisees. He yes. wanted to have the opportunity to show them that mercy, to give them that mercy, to have them have the opportunity to live in his grace. He wanted it. So it's like when in chapter, I'm sorry, in verse 37. When he's pronouncing the judgment over it on Jerusalem, when I was reading, I was like, it's not coming from a place of anger. Yeah. Jesus pronouncing that judgment out of the mere fact he has no other choice but to. Right. And, 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 I, and I feel like, I mean, to your point, I feel like Jesus has to break. And, but OK, we know Jesus. We know enough about it. he has to break it down. Like he has to um, attack it at the source, because if it's not, if he doesn't, how can he change? How can he get you to where he needs you to be? Mm-hmm. And with these Pharisees and scribes, he has to break down. He has to tell them exactly what is wrong with them in order to fix it. But yeah. like you said, if if they're not willing to hear it, if they're just so consumed in what they're trying to do and embracing their blindness, they're fine with their blindness because they don't even know that they're blind. And and mm-hmm. as Jesus is telling them that they're blind, they're not hearing it. They're not hearing it to the point where it causes them to act. It causes them to turn over their hearts to allow Jesus to do what he can do to save them. Yeah. Like he can cure them. He can cure them. He can heal them. But they're not willing to, like you said, they're not willing to be healed. They don't and want to be Somebody dying of cancer and the cure is right there. Yes. And this person is saying to the doctor, since I don't like you, <laughs> I'm not trying to be healed by you. That's literally that's literally what every sinner says mm-hmm. when they want to reject Christ. And it's, it's sad because I see the heart of God in these last verses of the chapter when he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. Mm. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That pronouncement of judgment there. And like we were talking about, I believe it was Friday, just to see the house of Israel now, many who are of Jewish descent now, they reject Christ. The eyes are still blind. Yes. And it's because of this. Yes. 
It's because I mean, it is. It's, it's mm. almost like we read the, the entire from the foundation in Isaiah 14 to the spirit of blindness being put on the people in Isaiah 29, all the way come all the way now to Jesus saying, this is how y'all going to be forever. This, this is, I want to help you all, but your unwillingness, your unwillingness to repent, your unwillingness to allow me to do it. You sealed your fate. You sealed your fate of a generation, of generations, I should say. Because it's not just one generation. What it, it was what seven four hundred years between Isaiah and Jesus? Yes, seven hundred four hundred. Some come crazy number. And then from 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 Jesus, then two thousand years ago. Ooh, yes. So where we today? To now, yes. I didn't even think about that. I'm just thinking about between <laughs> Isaiah and Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it really does, as a parent, it makes you want to look at yourself and your actions more. I know for me, it's like I when I had my son, I was looking at myself from the lens of, okay, what I'm doing now, how is this going to affect him and his seed? Mm-hmm. Because my actions don't just affect me. It doesn't just affect him one generation. Yes. It affects generations yes. plural. The legacy, yes. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. So let me plant the proper seeds to change the trajectory of the generations that's going to come after me. Enjoy what you're hearing. We'd love to hear how walking with Jesus is helping you. Keep listening to hear how you can leave us a message that we may use on the show. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now back to the show. Like how it was, um, who was that? Uh, Manasseh, uh-huh. um, Hezekiah's son. Yes. When Hezekiah's son, after Hezekiah died, I think it was Manasseh. He was acting buck wild, killed, mm-hmm. um, sacrificed his children, and all yeah. of that. When he, when the Syrians got a hold to him, it was the Syrians? And they got a hold to him. He prayed to God, and God remembered what his father Hezekiah said. Okay, I don't know what your daddy did, how your yeah. daddy served him. So right. therefore, I'm going to show you some mercy on the behalf of your father. Mm. Mm. That's what I want. That's 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 what I want. If my son gets broke wild, he prays out to God and God says, okay, I remember what Evan did. Mm. I remember how someone was taking me serious. I mean, because in essence, that's what, that's what happened with the, with, with the house with, with Judah. It kept yeah. being friends. Every time they act broke wild, the scripture kept referencing David mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of the covenant with David. I'm not going to destroy you. I'm going to show you some mercy. 
And it's like, here, Jesus, in this passage, Jesus is like, I want to do it, but I'm, I'm a generational God. So yeah. you're not going to see, you're not going to claim me until my second coming. Man, but the thing is, Evan, like in, in all of those examples, they they came back. They they came they came crying back to to, to God. Mm-hmm. These people they have God right in front of them, and they're not willing to come to Him. That's the scary so, part. So the, y'all not gonna y'all not gonna really believe until I come again to wipe mm-hmm. this thing clean during the day of the Lord. And just reading what we're reading in Isaiah with the day of the Lord. That's something yeah. that you don't want. I mean, the sky scrolling up. I mean, that's, that's something you really don't want to be. But that, but since when he came the first time, they rejected him. Right. It's still showing his mercy when he comes the second time. He doesn't reject them. He says, okay, now you're going to accept me. Yeah. And I'm going to accept you back. Because in the book of Revelation, where it's at, um, he says, now, basically, you... I will be your God and you will be my people. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't reject. Once again, just showing God's heart. Like his initial state was for us to be close to him. Mm-hmm. We may reject him, but God is like, I'm still not going to reject you. Yes. I'm still trying to fight to get you back. Man. And, and this just to um, kind of put a capper on it. When you go, when we go to the next couple of chapters, Jesus mm-hmm. is going to get into his second coming. He's going to get into what's going to happen. You yeah. know what I mean? He's talking about the trial, the, the tribute, the great tribulation and all of those things. So, you know, he, man, he, he shut them Pharisees up for good. Like mm-hmm. they don't say nothing else for the rest of this book, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and it's it's just interesting, man. And like, you know, we we see we see how um, the consequences of arrogance, the consequences of not falling on your knees and crying out to God when you have Him right in front of you. And then, and then, and this is—I mean, we're talking about it literally, literally, right? Like the the Pharisees had Jesus right in front of them, but for us, I mean, it's just—we could take it just as literal, right? He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. He's always there. Yeah. So when when you have a situation where you don't reach out to him, like think about how insulting that is to God. Mm. Because he's always he's always there. He's always, I mean, he's past, present, and future. In in, he's always now. He's always there. And you have a situation where you don't reach out to him. When when all he's ever said is "Come to me," all he's ever said is "I will love you." I will always have open arms. I'm never. You can reach out to me for wisdom. I'll never. Re- like rebuke you. I'll never do that. And we still still on our back to him. Nobody has spoken like he has spoken. He, like how you prayed, 
earlier, God's word doesn't come back into him void. Yes. And everything that he said is coming to light. It's either it either will occur because he's prophesied it or it already has occurred. Yes. All right. Today, I think it was uh, some uh, on the news. I know we're about to close. They, there was an earthquake in North Carolina. Mm, okay. A 5.4 or 5.5. Felt wow. so it in Atlanta, felt it in Virginia. Jeez. It was like 8 o'clock this morning. And I was just thinking, I thought about this when we were reading. And I thought about, you know, what's coming up next, the next chapter we'll cover uh, next week. Mm. And I'm like, God's word is not coming. It, it's not meant to be taken lightly. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm just I'm thankful that he has blessed us with his presence. Yes. Nothing special that we did. <laughs> it's just it's just because of him. Right. And that same presence, I'm like, yeah, if you're around me, I'm like, yeah, I want you to share in on 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 the on the best person that I know. That's Jesus Christ. That's right. I mean, I I can't get out of my mind the fact that Jesus said they don't have justice they don't have mercy and they don't have faith <laughs> like and then then we talk about what you just mentioned the fact that like 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 what do you if you don't have his word because I mean, his word is wrapped up into is is wrapped up in that, right? His word is justice. His word is mercy. His word is faith, right? If you don't have that, like, what do you hold on to? Yeah. And 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 I know, like, we're in a pandemic, and we can, you know, people's faith really come out in tough times. But in 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 day to day, when not not even when things, what I'm getting at is when things aren't bad. Like, what do you hold on to? Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing Maybe. to hold on to. <laughs> yeah. It's it's easy to hold on to the word when things are crazy, when you don't have money for your bills, when you're looking at an eviction. It's easy. That's easy. Yeah. If you don't have God and you're going through that. Right. 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 But but my, my point is you can find God when you're going yeah. through something rough. Yeah. But but when 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 you when you wake up in the morning and you see that beautiful sky out there and you got to prepare for the rest of your day, who you with? Hmm. Who you holding on to? Who yeah. when, when when you know you walk into your office or you see somebody or something happen at the office and it don't go go your way or you know, when things go great at, at the job, poop, you patting yourself on the back? When it was all God. Or are we going to give God his glory? 
and and like I said, man, if if Jesus is saying they don't have faith, mercy, or justice in them, like to that's it's an empty existence. You just you're just a body. Yeah. And, and I mean, I just like I don't want to be that. Like we always talk about this, right? And and Jesus is going to talk about it in the next chapter about you know the faithful servant, right? Versus the evil servant. And if you don't come on, man, like if you don't have justice, mercy, and faith, how can you be a faithful? You can't be a faithful servant. Mm-hmm. And and to your point, Evan, if if I was in that crowd, if I was in the multitude, let's just say I'm not a disciple. If I was in that crowd and Jesus said what he said in 37, I'm breaking down, bro. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like a rich young ruler. What do I need to do to be safe? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I'm, I'm sure there's rumblings and stuff, people saying stuff, but Jesus' word is the only thing that really people are hearing. And he finishes off with this 37, yeah. 38, 39. <laughs> man, come on, man. I don't care how tough, I don't care how gangster, I don't care how thuggish you are. Those, these are words of authority right here. Mm-hmm. It's coming from God. It's coming from God. And if you if you had a question of who he was, then, like he made it clear leading up to this, he made it clear who he is. And so, yeah, I mean, I, we're followers, and I'm and I'm feeling it. I'm, imagine if like he calling, he's really calling right now. Mm-hmm. And we, we know think. which way. We know which way the Pharisees yeah. are going because their heart, you know, they're blind and stuff. But if you on that fence, can't serve God on the fence. Man, I know if I'm there, I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm like, okay, what, 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 what I gotta do to get right yeah. with you? That's right. What I have to do, and I think even now, what he's saying now. I mean, what he said in 37, he's saying right now. That's right. Because we're at the cusp of his second return. Yes. I'm not trying to get right when he comes. I'm trying to already be right before he comes. That's right. And if he's saying, since he is saying, I'm willing to get you right right now, I'm like, all right, let's roll. Yes. Let's roll. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I don't care how gangster you are. I don't care how thugged out you are, all of this other stuff. Cut all the hardcore stuff out. <laughs> right, right. We talk. We talking about God here. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And and I guess just to close this out, um, and obviously, I mean, you could you could have the last word, but aren't we? Aren't I, I'm so grateful. Because, I mean, we, we look at 37 and it is really, it's hard, right? It's a, it's a heavy word. But I'm grateful that our God is a God of mercy. Our God is a God of love. Because mm-hmm. from, from, a, from a follower standpoint, he's telling you what he wants to do. 
And this, despite our restlessness, despite our jacked upness, despite how we um, live sometimes, he wants to gather his children together as hens, a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. All we have to do is be willing. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, this is God's word here, right? He, all he, He's saying all we got to do is be willing. And he will cover us. That don't seem like a lot to me. <laughs> you know, it don't seem like a lot to give up. For the God of, of, of the universe to cover you. That's a blessing. I'm I'm just I'm I mean, I'm just thankful, man. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that God doesn't treat me the way I deserve to be treated. Yeah. Like this 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 verse is this this one and where he says I mean no mercy, no truth, no no um faith. Those two I think mm-hmm. those two are gonna be like really defining for me right now. I'm gonna look back years from now and remember August ninth where we talked about Matthew twenty three because Jesus He's talking to the Pharisees. He's, I mean, this verse drove Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who were sent. Like, imagine if his next line after that was, you die. Which would be right, which would be rightful. I, it it's wouldn't be wrong. Right? Yeah, it would be justified. But he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. He says, I want to just cover you. And and he just, after that, it's like, you just got to be willing. I don't care what you did. Just be willing. Oh. Such a blessing. That's the God we serve. That is the God Mm. we serve. And he's not, and, and I'm so thankful that he's not gonna he's never gonna change. He's not gonna be one day it's like, you know what? Well, I mean, his judgment is gonna come one day, but he's not in in, in this situation, in the, in my life, until his judgment, he's not gonna be like, um, I know you did all that raggedy stuff. I'm not gonna love you today. He's not he's not gonna do that. So thankful that he does it and he does not change. Mm. 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 God is so good. Every time we get into the scripture, we see more and more of him. And it just leaves you thankful. It leaves you thankful. Yes. Wouldn't serve no other God. (laughs) Mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I mean, he, he's he's equipped us with with what he said is missing in the Pharisees. He's equipped us with justice. He's equipped us with mercy. He's equipped us with faith. 
and I know, and I know, I speak for you as well. We're willing. Yes. We're willing. So no matter what I did in my past, I'm willing to come back to him. Regardless mm-hmm. of what I do today, regardless of what I do tomorrow, it may be jacked up. But I'm willing to run back to him because I know he loves me. Without yeah. beyond a shadow of a doubt. That's never going to be questioned. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for that. It's good. I'm going to open us up. Come to the Lord. You're listening to the Walking with Jesus podcast, the show that brings you a new way to experience Jesus with your hosts, Evan and Malcolm, two regular guys walking with Jesus. Now back to the show and the closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you. Thank you for not changing. When we sit back and we look at ourselves and we look at we look at how you were talking to the Pharisees and we ask ourselves, can you talk to us like that? If if you were to say those same things to us, would they not be merited? And we just thank you for allowing us to be able to come to you and cast our burdens, cast our sins straight on you, and you clean us up. Thank you, Jesus. 2,000 years ago, you died on Calvary. And you rose again. And you still haven't changed your mind for what you have done. Now, one day have you came out and you said, you know what, this was a mistake. I should have never did that for y'all. Lord, just want to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've been doing. Thank you for cleansing us. Thank you for giving us hope, a future. Thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be able to fellowship with one another in your word. We thank you, Lord, for for the listeners. We're praying, dear God, that you continue to speak to them. If they are in need of having a relationship with you. We're praying, Lord, that you open up their spiritual eyes and ears to receive what you're saying to them. For them not to to have a stony heart to want to find flaws in you, but to see that you are the truth. You are the way. You are the light. We're praying, Lord, oh, Heavenly Father, that they see that. And we're praying, Lord, that whatever they stand in need of, that you provide it for them. Because you are providing, God. And going back to your nature, Lord, you don't change. And just sit back and look at how you provided for the house of Israel, even when they were being really disobedient towards you. Through your mercy, you still provided for them. And you did open up the opportunity for them to enter into your land of rest. So we're praying, Lord, our Heavenly Father, for myself, Malcolm, and the listeners to enter into your domain of rest. And we, we thank you again thank you, for what you're doing. Pray, dear Lord, that you continue to move around, Brother Malcolm. Pray, Lord, our Heavenly Father, that 
projects that he's going to be doing around his house that you may move through around him and guide him. Um, we're praying, Lord, our Heavenly Father, that the projects come to completion ahead of the schedule that Malcolm actually think they're probably going to come, um, that he'll be able to complete them. But I pray, Lord, our Heavenly Father, that he, that you take control of all of it. Yeah. From the expenses of it, blessed for things that you just be way cheaper than from how you even think about it, dear Lord. Because you are the provider. So we're, we're asking for your presence to manifest. To you, Lord, praying for something large and big in our eyes is the same thing to you. And so we thank you, Lord, our Heavenly Father, for this prayer already being answered. I'm praying that you continue to cover and protect Brother Malcolm's family. Praying, Lord, our Heavenly Father, that your shield is over them. And we're praying for peace and unity and also praying for favor over his whole family, dear Lord. We just thank you for answer prayers. Thank you for this opportunity to be able to come before you and share the gospel, what we're doing right now. Just thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. In your holy son, Jesus Christ's name, we pray unto you. Just want to honor you for being who you are. Thank you. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us this week on Walking with Jesus. If you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, this is as good a time as any. I invite you right now to go to Jesus Christ and let him know that you believe he died for you and he rose for you with all power and that you want him alone to be Lord of your life for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of eternal life. If you do that, you'll be saved right now. Get in your word, and while you converse and reason about biblical things, Jesus will walk with you. If you like what you heard and want to comment, you can leave a message for us at anchor.fm forward slash walking dash with dash Jesus forward slash message. We'll pick one to read during an upcoming show. So record your message and send it, send it in now to join in the conversation. Again, that link is anchor.fm forward slash walking dash with dash Jesus forward slash message. You can also subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher or via RSS feed so you'll never miss a show. Give us a rating and share us with your friends. God bless you, and until next time, keep walking with Jesus. Amen. This is another good one, brother. Yes, yes. God is good. God is good. Absolutely, brother. Another good one. This uh, Holy Spirit always takes over, man. And I think the more and more we do it, the more and more He'll show Himself, improve Himself in our lives. So continue, continue to be willing and continue to um, submit. You know, continue to submit to His will and His Word, and He'll show Himself. Show himself.
Thanks again, brother. Hey, thank you. Praise the Lord, man. Just praise mm. him. Praise him. Hallelujah. Thank, thank you, Jesus. You, um, thank you, Lord. And uh you have you have an awesome rest of your weekend. We'll get up on our call tomorrow. Um, but just continue to be blessed, brother. Hey, same to you. Same to you. All right, man. Oh, thank you.